You can give it to your girl. Share it with a squirrel. Buy by the case. Pour it in your face. LA, the suffering cut tomorrow. LA, a new kind of taste. LA, the suffering cut tomorrow. LA, it's from another place. Crisp, clean, LA. Wing Zone has brought flavor to Louisville since 2006, and now it's time to literally spread our wings. We have opened a new location on Dixie Highway, directly in front of Holy Cross High School. You now have three locations to satisfy your flavor craze Hopple Level Road, Huntsinger Lane, and Dixie Highway. Come try our flavor of the month, Louisiana Lemon Pepper. It's absolutely delicious. Call or order online, wingzone.com. You got it. Wash books from Mike's Car Wash make great gifts. Buy four washes, get two free on our top three washes. And now open our sixth Louisville location at 4800 Shelbyville Road in St. Matthews. All Mike's Car Wash locations open daily, 7 to 9. We just got word the Tailspin L-Fest is cleared for takeoff at Bowman Field on Saturday, March 2nd, 2024. More than 70 breweries pouring more than 250 beers, rare brews, live music, silent disco, and much more. Tailspin tickets make great holiday gifts. Get discounted tickets plus save the online fees at one of our free sale events. Learn more at tailspinlfest.com. That's tailspinlfest.com. Can't get enough ESPN Louisville? Subscribe to us on YouTube at ESPN Louisville for live watch-alongs, play-by-play breakdowns with the coach, behind-the-scenes action in the bullpen, and more. Okay, and if you don't get to the bowl, you will starve to death. And then when you tell me that they have All-Americans, why don't you have All-Americans? That's your former roommate. Also, your grandfather's on your freaking bench. Okay? His name's Milt Wagner. You remember him? So, you either get him or you lose. And then you get fired. This is how the conveyor belt of college athletics works. Hey, good morning. Welcome in. Merry Christmas Eve. It is the Sunday morning hangover here on ESPN 680 and 1057. With Phil Baker, I'm Nick Curran. Zach C., we think, behind the glass today. I think this hey. is a James Black day. How are right. you, Nicholas? James it's... Black day. That's perfect. Yeah, it's a little different today. We're both we're both on remote location today, so we have a couple of limitations. But But how are you? 
I'm good. I'm getting some last minute Christmas shopping taken care of. I'm proud of myself. Uh, we we normally brag about how we get into the frenzy of the the aggressive mall walkers, but yet here we are. I've actually uh, done some of the some of the building uh, from the Santa's helpers for some wow. of the gifts that are out there. So shout out to me for that. I'm patting myself on the back and not waiting till two o'clock in the morning, Christmas Eve. Congratulations to you. Uh, we'll have most everything put together for Eliza. I not so sure that I'm done with my shopping yet. Probably still a couple more things to get and to wrap before tomorrow, but we'll, well get there. That's how hey, look. Hopefully we can keep you company. If you're going out uh, to get some last minute shopping done a wild couple of days here uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. So uh, just uh, from the battle of the bluegrass, we'll react to that. Josh heard making a statement that's in it at the WDRB. Uh, and then you got, Hey, it's bowl season. You got the holiday bowl coming up. You just saw Paul Rogers uh, wandering around a couple days ago here at the ESPN Louisville studios, getting set to go out to San Diego, blank and bakers on cloud nine, getting excited, getting ready to go out there. Then we'll be able to react to that next week. I, I believe the, what is it? It's been a blur. Will we be able to react to the Gator bowl, the Kentucky Clemson game? There's that new year's day. No, it's on the 29th, I think. Okay, so we will be yeah. able to react to that next Sunday. So, it, it, look, it's been a blur. It's There's been so much back and forth from the things. I've been filling in nonstop. You've been helping out. It's You got the wall show. You got Louisville women's basketball. It's just been a blur the last couple of days, and I'm trying to keep up. But we wanted to keep you company for the last-minute Christmas Eve shopping. Yes, I know many of you probably out there just like uh, we typically are and will probably continue to be uh, after the show today, at least on my end. Haven't quite gotten as far as uh, as I would like. So we'll do that. But yes, uh, Kentucky obviously winning on Thursday night in a pretty dominant fashion. We can get into that game a little bit. Josh Hurd telling Eric Crawford that Kenny Payne will remain the coach uh, for the cards into the new year. Um, not committing to anything long term, I don't think, in that in, in what he told to Eric. But um, saying that uh, he'll be the coach into the new year. We'll get into that. Uh, Florida State on Friday deciding they're going to sue the ACC. We can maybe get into that a little bit as well. Uh, what a what a week indeed on on a multitude of levels. So uh, yeah, look, it, it, it's uh, look. I, I don't want to speak for some of the other guys here, but I think you and I were in agreement of the logistics uh, around it, and just kind of filling in a couple days. Strebel got the surprise Kellen and take him to the KFC Yum Center. I filled in on the roundtable yesterday. I appreciate Jeff Lightsey, uh Junior, and Zach EC and Justin Sofro helping out with that. Uh, as I felt like I was barreling toward uh, losing my voice, I powered through, got the medicine ball from Starbucks, but it felt like you were heading in a direction in which um, something was going to have to happen one way or another today. Uh, I'm sorry, on Friday or this weekend in some capacity, what you were going to do with Kenny Payne. You got the Jeff Goodman tweet that was out there after the Arkansas State and DePaul losses. And I, I think there's so many tentacles to this, and I do want to actually talk about the game itself, but let's be honest, this is something that's been the driving factor for just so many days. It's been just one thing after another. Jeff Goodman put some things out there. You got the truly Donovan things that we talked about. And you and I were kind of on the same page. And it wasn't to, you know, make Zach feel bad last week. And that wasn't our intention, Zach, you see. But 
there were a lot of moving parts with this that I feel like a lot of people just wanted to go zero to. He's got to be gone and whatnot. And there were a lot of egos that needed to be stroked in order to pull this off. And it sounds like, and this is the question that I posed and without having any insight, seemed to come to fruition is that either there was a financial component of this and who is running everything like I think Josh Hurd is running the athletic department but is he having a guiding hand from that and I don't want to put tinfoil hat on for that but look we got to remind ourselves this isn't the 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 Tom Jurich days of old where you're the judge the jury and the executioner that's kind of been the entire new administrative standpoint of like we're going to be in this together we're going to have discussions and I think that's what ultimately led to the decision to keep him on through the which I think is going to be the remainder of the season uh let's say the you know the wheels come off in mid-January maybe to make a change but feels like if they didn't do it uh a couple days ago they're not going to do it yeah we talked about it last week on the show I talked about how I felt like if you were going to do it in season right after the Kentucky game just logistically would make a lot of sense with everyone going home uh, and, and having two weeks off uh, before the next game. The, so there's a natural kind of a break in there. Um, I agree. I, I think, you know, he'll be the coach through the season now, uh, unless the wheels do just completely come off. I think that was another, uh, I think the financial, you know, components are a part of things here. Um, we talked about that last week. I also think, you know, Josh Hurd mentioned to Eric that he, talk to the players and the players still on board with Kenny Payne. And I think that's important too. Um, I, I think, you know, taking the wishes of the players into account, he said that wasn't, you know, the complete decision, but um, that has to be a, a significant part of it. What, what the players want. And uh, obviously they are still, um, still in on Kenny Payne. They haven't given up on him. They, John Calipari talked about it after the game Thursday, uh, I think they did let go of the rope, certainly in the Arkansas State game. I, I don't know that they've let go of the rope other than that um, in terms of, of effort. It just hasn't been good play, um, which which we know. So I think a lot of that obviously went into this decision. And, um, and I also think that, uh, you know, getting an interim coach and there there may be some complications on that side of it too and – who would that be? And, um, you know, we talked about it last week. I I have been pretty consistent in saying I think, you know, I, I would let it go the entire season because I don't know uh, how much you gain um, by doing it in season. And I know there are people that will disagree with that, which is fine, and I get it because of, uh, of how things have gone. Uh, but, but I do think you're still in a position – if need be to do any of those things as, um, as the season wears on. So, well, look, it, it, and, and I know people said all the different scenarios and I, I talked to our buddy Ty Spalding and Cam Drummond yesterday, uh, filling in for Strebel. And I keep saying yesterday, uh, Thursday, this has all been a blur, but talked to him uh, earlier this week and it was just discussing what the scenarios were going to be big picture. Uh, if, if it, didn't cover the spread if it was a sea of blue uh, that was taking over the you know lower bowl of the yum set and it wasn't that I mean there were a decent amount of uh, Louisville fans more so Louisville fans than I thought there was going to be in the lower bowl uh, but I mean let's be honest the upper bowl and the go big blue chance were very very loud and, and we've said this I mean Kenny Payne 
is at fault for many, many things. Um, and I think his biggest, I don't want to say the thing that doesn't seem to connect with Kenny Payne is that he he gets a lot of things in, in terms of being kind of pragmatic and civil, but man, he just puts his foot in his mouth sometimes. And I've been one that's defended him. It's like, you crush him when he does talk, you crush him when he doesn't talk. But like the comments about the recruiting, the comments about, you know, a certain type of player moving the goalpost of saying how he wants to have some sort of, uh, you know, grad transfers now and getting some transfers in. It just seems like he doesn't know what he wants. And when you go based off of, Look, somebody put it out there, and I hate because it just it seems like you're piling on the guy. But I, I think the state of Louisville guys put something out there where it said they're going out there with like two and a half minutes to warm up. Kentucky's been out there since the eight minute mark to warm up. Like little things like that matter. I'm sorry, they just do. And I they, know they, it can't. They don't. They but, don't but, matter. But they but the, do. They, I they mean, everyone picks apart everything you're and winning. And Josh Hurd talked about that too with Eric saying, um, you know, he, he phrased it as needing to make deposits. Uh, so you have withdrawals that you can make um, and, and deposits are obviously the form of wins. So if you have wins banked, other things don't matter near as much. So it doesn't matter when you come out to warm up to me ever. Uh, but, but it really, that's only something people pick apart. If you're not winning, it's, no, it's it, all about winning. Well, exactly. And that's the thing. Like when people crushed about, you know, winning by one point earlier the week when he was previewing the game, my whole thing is this is like, look, Rick Pitino said Kentucky was Camelot how many times when he was the, the head coach at the university? Like that didn't bother me as much. Kenny Payne smiling with John Calipari doesn't bother you if he is making it competitive and they have wins and loss. That doesn't bother me as much. The, the athletic piece that came out uh, earlier in the week on, and, and well, what, it came out the day of the day game, of, by the way, which is. Um, I mean, odd, odd timing. It, well, it was obviously uh, from the athletic standpoint, very smart timing to try to get eyeballs on that article because it was never more timely than the day of that particular game. But obviously less than an ideal situation, I think, for for Kenny Payne and, and the Louisville men's basketball program. But that was that was fascinating. Just everything in there and, and listening to. Uh, Brendan Quinn then talked to Mark Ennis on Thursday afternoon and then talked to Ethan Moore as part of the postgame show on Thursday night. Uh, a, a lot of interesting nuggets from there, I thought. Well, it, it, and I completely agree, and great job by that. Uh, I, I think the the biggest damning evidence against Kenny Payne, and look, it, it, this is the biggest concern that I have, is that like everyone just thinks that there's just – what's that analysis of how much money the university is losing versus – a buyout for Kenny Payne now. And now I don't want to sit here and say, you know, poor Louisville athletics. Like I'm sure they're doing okay, but it's not the days of old where they're having press conferences about how they're the most profitable basketball program in America. Like it, it, it's changed that. And, and that's, and that's fine. But I, I think the, the, the thing from Brendan Quinn that stood out is a Kenny Payne didn't talk to him to get his side of the story out. And I think like somebody from the athletic, if you're going to do that, Josh Hurd was quoted. You had uh, the anonymous player due to, you know, repercussion, or I'm sorry, the former players. You have a current player that talked to him. You would think, and especially after Karan Davis decided to go uh, the route that he decided to go and Kenny Payne, by all accounts, tried to take the high road, um, that it just feels very disorganized. And I think an outside objective journalist, like I keep wanting to say Brady Quinn, I say Brady Quinn a hundred times, Brendan Quinn, um, 
saw that as an objective observer of just his four days there. And that was my biggest concern takeaway of that. Like, look, you, you, you said it over and over again, Nick, whenever the, the hiring process was going on, that there was going to be growing pains because he was going to be a first time coach and you just had to grow with him. And I think that's all well and good, but what I don't think none of us and the fans and, and, and the media members didn't expect is just how, I don't, I don't want to keep saying disorganized. It just feels like the layups that Kenny Payne could have, he finds a way to make them more difficult than they need to be. And that's, that's very concerning big picture. When I go back to my, you know, shark tank, Mark Cuban method of like how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I think it is amplified to your point to get very, um, the echo chamber of just, you know, people being upset him smiling with John Calipari, that stuff doesn't really bother me. Like winning by one point, like I understand why people are mad about it, but that that's so far down the list for me, like in terms of overall big picture concerns, the recruiting comment that Brendan Quinn said does concern me. And I understand the, you know, th they had a top six, top seven classes. Brendan Quinn uh, pointed out, look, it, it's, if you haven't done your uh, Christmas shopping yet and you're struggling and you, you know, you got a, a brother-in-law, a dad, an uncle, subscribe to the athletic or so it, it's, it's, it's well worth the read. It's about a 20 minute read. It's a deep dive into just this, but Josh heard speaking to him and just saying, you know, comparing the Scott Frost, the Nebraska stuff uh, in there, it just seems big picture that there just seems to be a disconnect somewhere that, He's living in a fishbowl to think that he has the there's no sense of urgency um, in, in the recruiting standpoint of not seeing Louisville assistance at events from outside people that are connected to it. That is something that um, kind of was my takeaway of like, oh, boy, this um, could be going down a an, an avenue in which I don't think is going to be uh, sustainable long term. Well, to be fair, the, uh, the, the the talk about the recruiting was something Brendan talked to Mark about. Um, on on the drive on Thursday, right? Not in the piece podcast, ESPNLouisville.com, and I, 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 it to me sounded like that was specifically talking about their first summer on the job. So two summers ago now, like everyone expected them to be sort of a ubiquitous presence because of um, the monster recruiting connections everyone thought they had. Obviously, with Kenny Payne and then Nolan Smith as well, and Danny Manning, obviously, with everything he's done. Uh, but but they weren't there, and and he said they did most of their recruiting by phone there. But I I I don't know. I kind of hedge on it a little bit because I I do think that you talk about the recruiting class they brought in, like it worked out pretty well. It's not like they brought in a bad recruiting class this year. It was um, a top six, top seven through the transfer portal and recruits. And yes. would would have been higher if Trenton Flowers had stayed around, and obviously he he didn't. Uh, but also, last year, the, the previous season, Kenny Payne's first year, they got Brandon Hundley Hatfield relatively early and um, as a transfer from Tennessee and then didn't have, because of everyone who stuck around, um, a ton to fill there. And I know that's to the chagrin of a lot of people. People thought the roster wasn't – and I, and I get it. It, it obviously wasn't. Uh, but from their standpoint, they obviously felt like they didn't have a ton of spots to really fill. I don't know. I, it, it, th there are just so many things you can go back to. Um, 
you know, if they had completely turned over the roster in hindsight going into last season and, and this was the sort of season they were having last year, I think we'd be in a different spot. Brendan Quinn kind of talked about that a couple of times. Um, I, I think that, you know, I, I wish Kenny Payne had talked to him a little bit because I think um, we we didn't get the two sides to the Quran David right. story. And, we only got the one side. And, and he we know that he uh, shouted something in a huddle to the players. You want to read that excerpt? I, I don't have it in front of me, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but but I think uh, but we don't we we don't know what Karan Davis did to cause that to happen. Like that's, that's, that's not referenced anywhere. I don't know if he asked Karan or, or whatever, but, but we don't have that. We don't know what happened to cause the rift and to cause him to be kept away from the team. And, and I think that part, like by him not talking, I, I think that is kind of being held against Kenny a little bit too. Like this disconnect between the two, when he might have been very well justified in, in in having him away from the team, obviously some sort of a suspension um, might have been really justified in, in dismissing him from the team, uh, but but people are like taking Karan Davis's side because he's the one that talked in the thing, and only his side of the story is out. And um, so yeah, I, I think you're right. There there could have been a lot of good done there, um, but I don't know. It, it's just you're right. There's maybe a disconnect or I think at the end of the day, I think Kenny Payne had has still an idea of how he wants to build Louisville basketball back to what it was. And I think that his vision has been, and we've heard him talk about it literally since his introductory press conference is a long-term build sort of from the ground up. There's no and, sense of urgency, it feels like. No, and, that, yeah, he, and, and I think that's that's what goes to that, is like his vision is we want to bring in freshman recruits, largely. Um, and, and, and Well, that that's changed. Well, I, I know. Uh, but, I, I mean, a little. But I, I think they want to bring in young guys, have them be in the program, and then – uh, build a culture that way. Obviously, it hasn't worked yet. I completely understand that, but it's like it's <laughs> it's weird because I think Kenny Payne was seen as sort of on the cutting edge of all this stuff when he was on John Calipari's staff at Kentucky, right? Bringing in these one and dones, developing them quickly uh, to the degree that they could play together well for maybe only a year before they move on to the NBA, and now that's become like not cutting edge anymore and has gone the other way. Like that mindset, it's like, we've talked about this before, but it's all of a sudden almost become archaic to people. Like why, why do you want to do it that way? When you can just go to the right. transfer portal and be good immediately. Um, and so I think that's part of all of this. I mean, obviously a four and 28 year, I think that got away from them way more than anyone would have expected. And, and frankly, more than it should have. Um, given what they had on the roster last year. And, and all of it has just compiled into where we are now. And I think something that I was talking about over the summer was I thought that if they could have brought in like one true experienced like grad transfer or three-year player point guard to go with this good young talent, they could do something. And And he said it and people sort of mocked it after the, 
the Kentucky game on Thursday night, he talked about wanting to go to the portal. And and it's not like he hasn't. He brought in Trey White and Sky Clark out of the portal and, and Brandon Hundley. But they Hatfield were still young. No, 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 no question. And Hundley Hatfield had multiple years left, too. It hasn't been uh, grad transfers that he's necessarily gone after in the portal. But I think that, you know, I, I, I don't think he's wrong that if if they could like if if these guys stick around most of them after this year and most of them can um if they were to bring in like a good grad transfer experienced maybe point guard to sort of guide the ship i think they could be pretty good next year but um i don't know that 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 he's going to have that time to be able to do it and um i i think that that's i don't what, know man i i thought that's what they were missing um uh I'm coming into this year, and, and it's sort of bared out a little bit. He's Nick Kern. I'm Phil Baker. Happy Hanukkah to those that celebrate. Just missed it. Merry Christmas Eve to yeah. all those out there as well. Hanukkah was like two weeks ago. Uh, 437-968-UPS-JOBS-TEXT line if you want to be a part of the show. Interact with us on Twitter slash X at ESPN680. He's at Nick Curran 35 I'm Phil underscore underscore Baker. Zachy C. Wish him happy holidays at your boy ZC on Twitter. Reminder coming up after us, Colts and Falcons, 12 o'clock. Right here on ESPN 680, 105.7. Broncos and Pats for a fun 7.30 game. And then, uh, it, man, we got – Is that a fun yeah. 7.30 game? Yeah, that, that was, that, that's, that's me just being a company man there, Nick Curran. All right. Okay. Uh, and then on uh, Christmas Day, we got you for a fun one. Chiefs and Raiders, 12.30, all sticks. Eagles and Giants, 4.15, all sticks. Ravens and 49ers, that'll be only on 93.9 The Ville. That'll be the uh, liquor barn feed for the, uh, the Ravens radio network. And then 49ers and Ravens. 8 o'clock via Westwood One on ESPN 680, 105.7. We got you covered if you're driving around. And then Blank will have boots on the ground at the Holiday Bowl if you want to listen to that coming up on Wednesday. No, my, I, I think you hit the nail on the head with like the transfer portal and just how he's operating as if he has a longer window. But something that's kind of flown under the radar when Carter Knox was here, and look, I don't claim to be the recruiting show, but something that was – conveyed to me by two different people that don't know each other. And you know me, I'm not this guy. It's like, I have sources. I'm not. But two people that would know said that when Carter Knox was out with Kenny Payne, uh, Nolan Smith, his family, Josh Hurd was there as well. And I find that to be interesting because um, I, I don't know if that's necessarily deemed as micromanaging or just kind of seeing how the pitch is done or just – just I, maybe that is common. I don't know. Maybe and I don't want to like sit there. I, I'm not in these waters anymore. So I want to be transparent about that. But I, I'm telling you the things of the power brokers that wanted this to happen, whether that be the junior Bridgman's of the world or the Wade Houston's of the world. And I know we, and I'm sure there's others that still support this that aren't as visible or as well known. The experiment that I think we keep going back to uh, over and over again with this entire Kenny Payne is a plan, building it the right way. You're hearing some of the former players that are saying this, uh, that saying this is going to be a six or seven rebuild, which I fundamentally disagree with and say that last year did not count at the four and 28 year. And what I say to that is if he went 23 and seven, do you, does he not get credit for that? You know, like that, that's, that, that's very concerning to me that they think it's that big of a rebuild. If they had won 13 or 14 games last year, which is still not, you know, it's still a losing season, name your number, like 12 to 14 games. 
I think it would have been. It's more of the same. Yeah, it's more of the same what you got from Chris Mack and Pegues the, the year it, prior. It would have been looked at as kind of a. I think they 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 could have sold that as right. It didn't count. Uh, but but the way it went last year. Uh, didn't lend itself to being able to sell. Um, that it that it that it was a year zero, and 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 not just. The record, obviously, that's a big part of it. But the way they got to that record, which was not being competitive in, in very many games, which was also a, a big part of the problem as as the season wore on. So um, I, I think that could have been sold if if they had been a little more successful last year. Um, they weren't. So I, th- that that kind of went away. And, and I think Josh heard, you know, potentially – going out with the, I, I don't know that that's micromanaging I, I think that is probably a a collaborative effort with the coaching staff to say hey do you want me there uh, to show that I'm I'm backing you that I support you because I also think that there's noise I mean there's there's obviously noise out there um, and so you're trying to to land a land a player um, I think it's good for that, and it's also good for Josh to be there in, in case Kenny Payne's not the coach, because then the, the guy has a relationship with him. Well, well that, I mean, well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I think we're, yeah, everybody's in agreement here. If Kenny Payne's not the coach, Carter Knox is going to come here. That's not happening. Uh, well, four three seven. Yeah, let's be honest. Four three seven nine six eight. A UPS jobs text line. Uh, he's Nick Kern. I'm Phil Baker. Merry Christmas Eve for those that are driving around doing the last minute shopping. Uh, Kern and I are trying it a little bit different today. Save that for the mixtape. We're going to do it. Both be a remote with that. Uh, what do you think Josh Hurd and Mitch Barnhart talked about? Well, uh, who knows? Um, probably a lot of things. Probably about the ever-changing landscape of college athletics, <laughs> uh, I would guess, was a big part of, of that conversation. Um, <laughs> it's just um, – it, 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 is, it is wild. And listen, I also think that Josh is catching a lot of – um, from some people, from others, I don't think is, but from some people is catching a lot of bullets on this. Again, I, I think there are very legitimate reasons to not totally make agree. a move in season. And so uh, people holding that against him, uh, I don't think should. Uh, I, I think you just have to let this play out and see where the dust settles after the season and go from there. Like that's what you judge upon, not, um, not the decision now because it's not. And, and I mean, I, I think, I don't know if he went out of his way, but, but I think probably did in talking to Eric Crawford to sort of make it clear that he's not, I mean, he didn't commit to even having Kenny Payne through the end of the season. He just talked about right. everything being a constant evaluation, which I think is, is the right approach. Um, so w- we'll see. Um, we'll see how things play out. If the team keeps being um, supportive and he's got, you know, their ear, um, I think that that matters, even if it's maybe not the long-term solution to get through this season. Um, I think that stuff matters a lot. And, and I also think this is something that other people had talked about and I didn't think about um, when discussing the possible change after the Kentucky game is that presumably everybody's going home for Christmas because they have such a long break, which is great. Uh, but if they, you know, as, as Josh said, they, they support 
Kenny Payne, if, if that being the case, if if you did have an interim, some of these guys might have just not come back from Christmas. Oh, no, I mean, I, I think we said as much last week with everything, with how emotional Brandon Huntley Hatfield got in talking about Karan Davis as well as Sky Clark. And I think you saw that in the Kentucky game, too. It's like, we're still with KP. This doesn't feel like a Bobby Petrino type situation where you've lost the team. And I think I go back to um, when look, it's 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 not hot takey, but when we walk through the the scenarios last week about uh, everything that was transpiring with like you know, and I hate it's not to pick on Zach, you see, but it's essentially to say if you're a big time athletic program, do this. It's not that easy. Like you had to stroke egos. Now, big picture to play the other side of the coin. Um, this isn't the judge, jury, and executioner, Tom Jurich days. And that's something big picture that it feels like. Not that necessarily Josh doesn't have autonomy to do it because I think it was complicated to not give him the entire year, but it feels like his hand may have been guided a little bit. And I don't know if just because we got to reprogram our brains here of everything that's happened the last 20 years of, you know, Tom Jurich operating in the manner that he has. Or a, just a discussion like you and I are having right now, of like it's complicated and it's not as just cut and dry as you got to let them go. You got it's not working because th- that's the thing that I think people don't want to acknowledge or talk about, um, and it kind of gets overlooked. I know Trilly Donovan's putting stuff out there and, and talking about all the tentacles of you know X Y Z interims that, but like that just feels very uh, just it, it feels thrown together. And and maybe that would get a few thousand more people back into the Yum Center, but I just don't know what that would do because I I'm kind of of the belief if it's so toxic and there's no one on the staff that you think is could pull off the remainder of the season. By all accounts, the players have told you it is not that case. Then you have to at least give it at face value for what they are telling you. And it's like okay, we're gonna try and figure all this out because. It, it, it feels as if big picture that this is what Josh is leaning toward. Because uh, I don't think, as we said to start the show, I don't I don't think that they're going to do anything to him now because of this. It just it, it's a complicated scenario of powerful brokers that wanted this, and now um, you know that now they they, they got it. it. It feels like it, and I don't know what that's going to mean long term, uh, you know, for an extra year or whatnot. But um, that that is where we are today. It goes back to the athletic article a little bit too, talking about the former player who publicly is still supporting Kenny Payne, but um, admitting to Brendan Quinn, like, yeah, this is this is not gone well so far, um, and and I don't know if it will. Um, you know, if that and we have no idea who that person is, but um, if that person also is not willing to sort of share the displeasure. Um, you know, if, if that's, say, someone influential who's not willing to say, yeah, I think maybe we need to move on, is willing to say it under the guise of anonymity, but isn't willing to say it publicly, um, that's something else. Like, you, people have to be willing to, to, to say it, and I, I think we've talked a lot about that. Uh, c- can we take a break here? Is that, Let's do it. Is that, is Let's that do an it. option? All right, we'll, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, more to come. Maybe we can get into the game a little bit and, and some of the aftermath. I know we've referenced the presser a little bit from after the game, but um, you know, Kentucky is really good and uh, we can get into the game a little bit as well as uh, Kentucky defeated Louisville Thursday night. Um, so we can do that and uh, plenty more here on this Christmas Eve. Thanks for being with us. Merry Christmas. It is the Sunday morning hangover. 
here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Wouldn't you love to have all your favorite holiday songs about impaired driving in one place? Well, now you can with the Drive Sober or Get Pulled Over Holiday Collection. Here's what you get. It's beginning to look a lot like jail time. DUI won't be home for Christmas. There's no place like jail for the holidays. Deck the halls, but don't wreck your car. The 12 days of jail time. Joy to the world. You plan to ride. And many more. Drive Sober or Get Pulled Over. A message from the Kentucky Office of Highway Safety. Now, as I was mentioning yesterday, it was a, it was a good day, good afternoon on the uh, on the on the FanDuel app. But whatever. But and today, I like again, you got to check out the daily promotion. So I log on just a minute ago. We got the the holiday no sweater. Um, huh. So you got the twenty five dollar. You know, you do a three leg same game parlay, uh, but you can bet tw- up to twenty five dollars. If it loses, you get twenty five dollar bet back. So what do you care? I mean, if you're going to bet on a game this weekend. And uh, why not take a swing tonight? And if, if you win, great, you win. If you win, uh, you know, probably, you win at least a hundred bucks if you're betting twenty five bucks. If you you don't, hey, you get, you get it right back. And look, whatever your um, your sport of choice is, uh, they've got for you uh, on the uh, on the FanDuel app. And uh, you use my promo code Drew D uh, going to dot com slash drew d uh then you're going to be able to uh, get the 150 dollars in bonus bets when you make a five dollar money line wager uh to uh for you know if, if that wins you make a five dollar money line wager it wins then you are uh, good to go uh for the 150 dollars in bonus bets <laughs> so fanduel.com slash drew d whether it spreads player props over unders you name it, they've got it for you uh, on the app got to be 21 or older present in kentucky first online real money wager only five dollar pregame money line Wager required, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Wing Zone has brought flavor to Louisville since 2006, and now it's time to literally spread our wings. We have opened a new location on Dixie Highway, directly in front of Holy Cross High School. You now have three locations to satisfy your flavor crave. Hopalova Road, Hunsinger Lane, and Dixie Highway. Come try our flavor of the month. Louisiana lemon pepper is absolutely delicious. Call or order online. Wingzone.com. You got it. Wash books from Mike's Car Wash make great gifts. Buy four washes, get two free on our top three washes. And now open our sixth Louisville location at 4800 Shelbyville Road in St. Matthews. All Mike's Car Wash locations open daily 7 to 9. At Preston Green, we want to help create your dream backyard. Preston Green wants to assist and help build your outdoor entertainment spaces for design-savvy homeowners. Enjoy lounging outdoors while watching the big game. Add a bar, pond, outdoor kitchen, grill, fireplace, and Preston Green can build net-zero energy green homes and swimming pools. From design to completion, Preston Green's expert team can do it all. In business since 1978. Get your free quote today. Create your dreams with Preston Green. PrestonGreen.net. ZJAC Technologies in Louisville reminds everyone that the blood you donate will give someone another chance at life. Someday that someone might be a friend, loved one, or even you. Give blood and give the gift of life. That's ZJAC Technologies in Louisville, your full-service technology advisor, providing IT support and managed IT services. Call ZJAC Technologies at 502-200-1169. That's 502-200-1169. 
Hey, we just got word the Tailspin L-Fest is cleared for takeoff at Bowman Field on Saturday, March 2nd, 2024. More than 70 breweries pouring more than 250 beers, rare brews, live music, silent disco, and much more. Tailspin tickets make great holiday gifts. Get discounted tickets plus save the online fees at one of our free sale events. Learn more at tailspinlfest.com. That's tailspinlfest.com. Can't get enough ESPN Louisville? Subscribe to us on YouTube at ESPN Louisville for live watch-alongs, play-by-play breakdowns with the coach, behind-the-scenes action in the bullpen, and more. At UofL Health Brown Cancer Center, we are the face of discovery, pioneering new treatments for every stage of lung cancer. We are the face of possibilities as one of the leading centers in the world to offer promising new cellular therapies. We are the face of innovation. Backed by academic research, we develop new clinical trials to cure the incurable so you can face cancer with new hope. That's the power of you. Visit uoflhealth.org. Welcome back. It is the Sunday morning hangover here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Thanks for being with us. Merry Christmas. Christmas Eve edition of the show today with Phil Baker. I'm Nick Curran, both remotely with you. James Black working hard over the holidays back in the studio. And, uh, well, spent the first segment talking about Louisville basketball and Kenny Payne keeping his job in the aftermath of the Kentucky win over the cards on Thursday night at the KFC Yum Center. Uh, We didn't get to talk much about that actual game, um, which people talked about it in, you know, the the immediate post game. But really, and I know the second half, I think as the game got into the waning stages, John Calipari uh, sort of called off the dogs at least a little bit. Sort of. He kept the starters in. Well, Kenny Payne's the one that called off the dogs. He's the one that. Well, so yeah. They- <laughs> yeah, but but they weren't playing the same way, I would okay. say. Uh, in, in, yeah, my, in my I, I opinion. I, I didn't think they went completely full throttle. Uh, Rob Dillingham did a windmill dunk. Well, and that's, he- that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. By the uh, way, Blank and Baker's come up with like one of the best names ever. What's uh, it's see, this is the problem. People say people's names incorrectly so many times that I, I don't want to say it because I find myself saying that incorrectly. What is D'Lo's name for Louisville? Who? D'Lo. Oh, it's Donalo Yovanovich. So Blank and Baker's called him. Oh, no. I want to transfer a lot of itch. Okay. That's pretty good. That, 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 that's a pretty good, that's a good later. Anyways, rock, rock bottom was Robert Dillingham doing, he was too small against them. And I was like, he's six, you know, Oh, he's five eleven with cleats on D'Lo is uh six ten. But look, I, I think, yes, we'll react to the game. One more thing before the thing that we were talking about last time, I know we're not the recruiting show and I know they had a successful rec- recruiting class, but big picture, I, I really do not want to stoke the flames, but Ty Spaulding was on during the blitz with us on Thursday, uh, Jeff Lightsey and Justin Sofro saying this and just 
the the recruiting component is fascinating to me, big picture, because he said he's talked to prominent people in the recruiting world that says they've reached out to Kenny and asking for him for help uh, or that they could help him and send him some guys. And and, and he doesn't use it and, and, and kind of light bulb went off our buddy, Jason Anderson of the zone, former producer, Nick. Kern yes. And, and, and I made this point Thursday. We've had some rock stars that have come through here. It's not what you know, it's who you know. But, you know, what you know does matter. Jason Anderson's been here. He's now in Kansas City. Andy Sweeney, Indianapolis. Jared Stillman in Nashville, covering respective NFL teams. You'd imagine, if not their show, stick with me because I'm going somewhere with this. I I got you. I got you. If if at some point, let's say the Chiefs and the Colts are playing, I'd imagine Jason's probably going to call Andy to do a live hit with him and vice versa with Jason Anderson call Sweeney. Same with Stillman and the Titans and everything. And if Patty ice wasn't so engulfed at, uh, you know, NASCAR coverage and whatnot, he'd maybe talk about the Panthers and their 45 cent tickets they have down there, but you get where I'm going with this friends that we've acquired and colleagues in other markets. It feels like to me that Kenny Payne is in his own fishbowl is so well-respected in the basketball recruiting worlds but never calls in any favors for those things. And, 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 and on surface, I don't know this because he doesn't talk to anybody in the athletics. So take it a step further. Purvis Ellison, top Nike EYBL programs. He sent another kid to Kentucky with Billy Richmond. And I know we're not the recruiting show. And I understand everyone points at the DJ Wagner stuff and Milt Wagner being on there. That's a little bit more complicated because his dad did play for Calipari and whatnot. But big picture, and I promise we're going to talk about the game, but I had to get this off my chest. It, it, it just feels like he's the guy that knows everyone but doesn't call in any favors at all. And it's like, Kenny, it's admirable to a certain extent, buddy, but, like, it's going to cost you your job at some point if you – but, but and I'm with you because I know you go back to this past recruiting class being a top six, top seven class, but the, the thing of bringing Purvis back – Purvis Ellison, how upset was Purvis Ellison when Chris Mack wasn't recruit, recruiting his kids? Bozich did a piece about that. Your best friend is hired. And, and still nothing like that's big picture. I know Kenny Payne's the face of the program, but th- there's others that are complicit in this, like in my opinion. And it, it, it's admirable that he doesn't want to call in any favors, but the guy that you're hugging and doing all these things, he's getting those players. And it just feels like, I think he goes back to, he wants to beat my head in and I want to win by one point. And people have problems with that. Two. I have two thoughts from all that. One Specifically talking about next year, we've talked about this before, but preface it was saying, I don't know what they're going to need next year, how many players they're going to need next year. Maybe not many because they they could have just about everybody back off this year's team. Um, so th- that's one thing to keep in mind. And I know people don't want to hear that because that's how it works. Number two, you brought, you brought it up earlier. Um, Brendan Quinn talking with Mark Ennis talking about, and we talked about it a little bit earlier over that first summer. So an anonymous person in the uh, recruiting world or, or multiple said that they expected to see Louisville everywhere and the staff everywhere. And they didn't, Um, you know, I I don't know what is true. What is not true? Like, no idea. But um, if, if that's the case, like the only thing I can compare it to uh, that I've seen very closely, uh, get your bingo card out is Jeff Walls and his staff. There it By is. the way, enormous win over Washington on 
Wednesday, headed into the, the Cards holiday break, uh, handing Washington its first loss. Uh, 23rd ranked team played a much better with much more energy on the defensive end and got a really big win. Uh, cards 11 and two. They're back at it. Tough road game to open ACC play one week from today, New Year's Eve in Miami, a four o'clock tip. So that'll be a heck of a game. So next week's show will be coming to you uh, from Coral Gables. But I know that his staff and him specifically are everywhere. And that they, um, you know, uh, just to give you a couple of examples, and I'm not saying anything he hasn't shared himself on his radio show or in uh, in other um, on other outlets with with other folks. He was after the game Wednesday, getting up Thursday morning. I, I was asking him like, "How nice is it to be home going into Christmas?" Heard him on with Deaner. Heard him on with Deaner talk said, about this. Yeah, it's nice, but I'm getting up in the morning and going recruiting. So he's flying Memphis. out Thursday while the team's on break to go to recruiting, and his staff was as well. Uh, before that, he had been out on, uh, I think he got back sometime Monday uh, before the game Wednesday. He's taken red eyes uh, th- the week before that, uh, listening to him talk about what his, or maybe it was two weeks before, week was like, like going out recruiting, uh, you know, landing back from a game at fairly late, then getting up at the crack of dawn the next day to go somewhere maybe Seattle I know he was out in Seattle taking a red eye back he talked about um flying through Houston on one of the legs but it was like a, a red eye his flight home from Houston was going to be at like 5 a.m he got into Houston at like 2 a.m so he found a a spot somewhere and just laid down in the airport because you only had two or three hours you're not going to get a hotel room just lay down in the airport for two or three hours and then went to the gate and got on his flight from Houston home to get home um, you know, and, and part of that, his family, obviously very important to him, wants to, to be home and, and that's great, but like they work their butts off. Like that stuff is, it's not easy. And I know he gets paid a lot of money and, um, like he, he talks about that all the time, but it's still not easy to do. Like th- that's their thing. They're going to go out work people, which, um, you know, the NIL stuff has changed all this a little bit, but, but once, you know, you're on level footing with NIL, you're going to try to outwork people. And that's what they've been able to do. Like you hear those stories and then you hear what Brendan Quinn said, like, yeah, we didn't see him anywhere. They were doing it a lot on the phone. And again, I go back to this year, it it seemed to work because they brought in a, a, a fine recruiting class. But again, after the game against Kentucky, Kenny Payne didn't do himself any favors saying, you know, did you see those guys out there for Kentucky? And I get it. Like, I don't think he's trying to say we can't get that talent, but I, I think he's trying to say, look at what they have this year. Because, like, bringing in the talent and the numbers next to the name where the recruits are ranked or in the transfer portal is one thing, but having it fit together and the guys come in and be as unselfish as they are uh, this year right away is another. And I think that's the point he was probably trying to get across. But again, when things are going as they are, um, it comes, people take it as, well, we can't get guys that are that good. Well, and it it came across to me and others, I know for a fact, is that he has difficulties getting that talent. 
admirable recruiting class that he got with Brandon Huntley, Hadville, Sky Clark, and everything else in there. But there was a difference, and it was it was going to be more difficult to get um, the, the the number one class at a place like Louisville well, is how it was perceived. Who was ranked? I, like I, Reed Shepard wasn't like. And he said as much with Paul, to your point about Reed Shepard. Wasn't like a super highly recruited guy. Or, I mean, I mean, he was a highly recruited guy, but he wasn't like a top 10 guy, right? He was maybe a top 30 guy. Is that right. more like what yeah, Reed Shepard was? I mean, yeah, we're not the admitted re- no. recruiting show, but yes. But like those are the type of guys in terms of the rankings that Kenny Payne brought in. Um, but there, th- there's, you know, the, the number – 10 guy one year versus the number 10 guy another year are not equal. And sometimes you strike gold and sometimes you don't. And that's something that I think people don't have a great perspective on a lot. But I also think that it's a reason why John Calipari, who has taken a lot of flack over the years from his own fan base, from the Louisville fan base, from other fan bases around college basketball saying, yeah, he gets his talent and just rolls the ball out there. Like that's not true. Uh, he yeah, he he deserves a, yeah. he deserves a lot of credit uh, for what they've done at Kentucky. I think people are are maybe sort of appreciating that even more. It's one thing to bring these guys in these highly rated classes, but then getting them to play the way you want them to play and getting them to play well together and to to fit together well when when they've all been you know the sort of alpha dominant player at their previous school, high school, college, whatever. And then come in and 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 be able to fit together as a team. That's not easy to do. And uh, Cal, a lot of years at Kentucky, especially early on, made it look easy. And um, I, I think you know that's been underappreciated. And I think seeing what we're seeing at Louisville right now makes you appreciate that a little bit. Four three seven nine six eighty UPS Jobs text on seventh highest rated sports talk show on Sundays during a highly competitive ten to noon time slot. He's Nick Kern. Give him a follow on Twitter at Nick Kern thirty five. James Black, God bless him. He deserves hazard pay. He was here till uh, eleven o'clock or so on uh, Thursday night after the game. It was right back at like six a.m. for the Double D show for uh, dinner. But God bless him, and he's been here all day uh, because a lot of people are traveling. Appreciate James putting together uh, and just putting up with us and all our antics throughout the day give him a follow on twitter jd black jr i am phil underscore underscore baker if you missed anything from the podcast what uh, nick was talking about from the athletic piece with uh brendan quinn not brady quinn uh be sure to head over to the podcast center over there we'll th- dive into the florida state stuff trust me we have that i want to talk about the game too let me knock out a couple texts uh legit how much is jeff brom bringing in to help with this buyout look i mean Leave Jeff Brom out of this. He didn't. He didn't do anything wrong with that. How was he not already fired? My God, do you think he was going to fire him? You know, Christmas Eve. Like, what did you want him to do? That's something else that I know uh, people were that I thought was going to be something um, that people were going to latch. I was like, hey, there is kind of a human element here that he was one of your own. We always said it's more emotional than it is business or transactional when you bring in one of your own. Uh, let's see if Josh made a promise. That's cool. But to let us know what that promise is. I don't know what that means right there. Uh, maybe U of L just can't afford him and pay a buyout. The decisions um, made by or made by money. And I, and I think that is true with. You don't have the empty 
you know, piggy bank, or I'm sorry, the, the full piggy bank like that you once did with Papa John's and, and Dr. Mark and Sydney Lynn. I'm sure they're trying, Josh Hart's doing a great job trying to get it back, but the powerful people that wanted this to happen, um, you know, have a voice in the room with that. And I think that is uh, definitely telling. All right, let's talk about the game itself. We spent a lot of time talking about just what ifs and hypotheticals and coaching changes, but I'm with you. I mean, look, Kentucky's one of the best teams in the country, yeah, what Antonio I, I, Reeves did. Like, that I, needs... I get, needs to be focused on too. Yeah, it does. And I get like it doesn't make the stuff right now with Louisville men's basketball um any less bad or easy to deal with. But like a top twenty five Louisville team could have lost to Kentucky, this Kentucky team to me, by fifteen or twenty, because that's how good they are. And that's like they played really well on Thursday night. They they obviously got off to a slow start. Um, Louisville came out with a lot of energy on the defensive end, but, but Louisville has struggled to guard all year. We know that they've not been a, a good defensive team. Kentucky's been an exceptional offensive team all year. And I think both of those teams played out, uh, both of those things played out, you know, Louisville even set it up a couple of times. I thought they did an okay job on the defensive end a few times early in the game, obviously when they held them scoreless, the first two and a half very early in the game. Even the first, even the first 10 minutes, like Trey Mitchell hitting a three. Well, you knew that was was going to happen, but like, that's what you, you want them to shoot that. That's the shot. That's uh, of all the things that could happen on the floor. That's not a bad shot for you to force them into the fact that he can make it is, it's not good for you. And, 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 and I did enjoy that, that he was, there was, I mean, you probably want someone at least coming out at him. That didn't happen a couple of times and he had time to kind of check the breeze, but like, that's probably a shot. You're like, okay, we want them to take that. And then he made four. You know how I feel about Robert Dillingham. I just love his play. Reed Shepard, 11 and 11. Just, you, you knew what you're going to get from these guys, but I mean, DJ, got- even when, DJ Wagner in early foul struggling. Yeah. And he was struggling. And then it doesn't matter. I did love Aaron Bradshaw putting uh, who was it? Curtis Williams or uh, Mike James in a headlock. And then that's what, and everyone like putting that photo circulating out there is like the fixes. And I was like, brother, if you think that one play was going to be indicative of where the game was going to go, like, come on. The, the officiating, they let him play. Uh, It was, it was pretty physical a lot, which, which is not like the normal way that Kentucky Louisville games are officiated. A lot of times it's pretty touchy. Um, they, they, they let them beat the heck out of each other. Um, I, I thought Kentucky was the beneficiary of a few calls or no calls sometimes throughout the game, but yeah, like there was clear separation there. Those calls did not make the difference. And, um, Kentucky's just, you know, lost in the Louisville stuff is that Kentucky's really good. And, it really was a 10 minute stretch in the second half or in the, the, the 10 minute stretch in the first half, the second 10 minute stretch, the second half of the first half where the game was kind of put away. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much stock you put into Louisville outscoring them by one in the second half, but the game was pretty even outside right. of that 10 minute stretch. And, and it's not because Louisville was getting a ton of stops on Kentucky. It's because uh, Louisville was able to score a little bit too. Um, and I, I think that's definitely their better end of the floor is the offensive end. But uh, Kentucky gets the ball and goes so quickly in transition, like they they are they're exceptional at it, and that's even on made baskets, and that's uh, something that's a, a major 
you know, a, a major hat tip to Kentucky for, for what they've been able to do. It's a strength that they have. Like, let's get it and go. And uh, also an, an indictment because Louisville failed to get back a few times. Um, I think we saw that. And it's, it's been an issue all year. They just, they're not great defensively. And uh, the game changed. And, and Kenny Payne talked about it. I completely agree. The game changed when Louisville got less unselfish on the offensive end, got more selfish. But that's every game. Of course it is. I know that. That's because they don't have that experienced veteran point guard, I think, that they could really, really use, who's a pass-first guy and understands how to operate the team. You know what? I'm going to give credit to somebody who, even though in a losing effort, Tyler Johnson, getting that technical, it showed an ounce of giving a bleep. And I know... And and, and and I'm not saying, and I think Ken Palm put something out there, a quote tweeting like Myron Metcalf talking about, it. it's not a matter of these guys don't care. It looks like that when they're losing in the manner that they do. And I think that's probably, quite frankly, guys like Brandon Huntley Hatfield, who had a great game, uh, by all accounts. it looks like they don't care because that's their demeanor and they don't have foam coming out of their mouth. And, and, and so I, I don't want to pay too much talk of that, but it's like, you know what? It showed that he gave a crap. Is it ideal to get a technical? No, but I, I think the fans there, my buddies were there were like, there was people applauding for that, by the way. And this is something I, I've said in my group, my personal group message, which I thought you'd enjoy. I, we've said to open up the show, the John Calipari, Kenny Payne, smiling ear to ear, hugging. That doesn't bother me as much as it does other people. But I will say this, the smile that, I think Eric Crawford, WDRB God of Kenny Payne, just grinning ear to ear, hugging Calipari. I mean this in all seriousness. My wedding day, yeah, the birth of my child, yeah. I don't think I smiled that much, and I was thrilled and very happy. Maybe like she has a my Lord has a picture of me like going to Disney World or something like that. And I saw elephants like bathing each other, and she's got a cheesy smile of me of that. Maybe only then can you equate that to John Calipari and Kenny Payne hugging each other. I, mean, I need I need that Cal happiness in my life. They're like brothers. He's like a brother to him. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, um, you know, and, and, and I'm seeing Ben Roberts on Twitter. He he did a, a breakdown of, you know, John Calipari being 13 and three against Kentucky and Louisville. Hey, crazy concept. Rick Pitino and John Calipari smiling in this picture. So just do with that what hey, you will. They, they did a yeah. good job of of. Uh of painting that on when they needed to for that game. I think a lot of times you talked about Tyler Johnson and yes, I think, you know, he, he is like a star in the making. I think like he, he can do a lot of things and we've talked about this a lot and he does care and goes hard and, and that's great. He was one of the biggest culprits of when things started to go bad. That it was like, all right, I'm going to try to do this myself. And instead of driving and kicking, which was, being successful, it was like, let's drive into these three uh, white jerseys because Louisville was wearing red in the game on Thursday and um, and not have anywhere to throw it out or try to throw it up. And they're going to block it because they have, you know, Aaron Bradshaw in there. Um, and, and so th- that's just where th- they lack a and this is obviously just the most obvious thing ever, but they, they lack a calming presence on the floor when things start to go negative to try to prevent it from snowballing, they don't have that right now. Um, and again, we saw the results on, on Thursday. Well, and, and I'm a big fan of, uh, and we talked about this earlier, just 
everything. And I know we need to get to break here in a second too, but uh, you know, just the, the ball movement that Kentucky was able to have throughout the game. It, it, it's, it's so much fun to watch. Yeah. It, it, they are, they are look, have the looks defensively. I still have some questions about it and some of the spells that they had there too, but they seem to have whatever it is. They seem to have it. And I think that's probably the biggest uh, takeaway from uh, the game yesterday. And I know like we probably should spend more time breaking down the game, but I know Kenny Payne and the Josh Hurd news is really driving the bus on this and people are upset. And I get it. Like it's, it's not what people wanted to have happen with that, but we tried to lay out to you last week, the reasons why they were probably making this a logic around that. Now you have the opportunity to start a new season in ACC play. I'm of no belief that this team is going to compete for an ACC championship, nor make the tournament. If any Ken Pomeroy, it'd have to be some Ted Lasso type of thing that they're going to have to try and make a deep run. But I do think with the news that came out from the Josh Hurd stuff from the Louisville side is that, hopefully somebody can get in the ear of Kenny Payne and the power and the, and the coaching staff. And it's like, yeah, what you're doing now isn't, it's not conducive long-term. So let's shake it up a little bit. And I think Josh Hurd's going to give him autonomy to do what he wants to do, but there's got to be realistic expectations of like, you have to see in conference play some sort of growth. You have to see something that is going to get butts in the seat because people, like you've said, have brought up multiple times with the the athletic department just renewing tickets and not sending out a letter, you know, thanking people that this isn't an okay product. Now, I think people with COVID and, and everything from years past tend to, if we talk about this, their habits have been changed, but, you know, to not send out a note and just automatically charge people between five and seven grand didn't sit well with a lot of people that are season ticket holders with the style of play that's been out there. And, and I know people are kind of like, oh, they don't owe them to that. You kind of do in the customer service world of what this fan base has kind of built itself around. So I, I know I'm kind of doing a bunch of word salad there with that, but I think that is something going in there. And hopefully Josh Hurd has conveyed that to him and said that in an Eric Crawford article that there needs to be some sign of growth in some capacity. There does. And I, I think we understand that, but the, you know, right now we're going into January pretty deep into the season there's only so much you can change now right right like you know i get that you've got to do something different but from right now there's only so much you can change when you're this deep into it so i i don't know um what that's going to be and and to uh some of the other stuff that people um may have criticisms of the athletic department staff or whatever um like you know some people had criticism of the red out because felt like it was toned up when you knew there was gonna be a lot of blue in there and i, it and I looked, get it. it looked it, good in the lower it, bowl it, it did um and and a lot of the shots on tv i was watching on tv looked looked pretty good but I was talking to Paul, by the way, Paul Rogers uh, earlier uh, in the week, and he was just, uh, I guess, on Friday, and he was saying that how happy he was that there was just people there. He said it was so nice to call a game with people there. And it's like, yeah, yeah you, you probably just, forget that. Just have a, a good crowd, and that was good. I heard Paul and Bob talking about that on the broadcast uh, after the game on, on Thursday. But, I, you know, th there, this is a situation that even the people that have been there for a long time haven't necessarily had to deal with a lot over right. the years, obviously like trying to 
market this in a way that's not just, hey, come watch this team play, because that's what it's always been. Um, so they're they're trying some stuff, and um, sometimes it lands, sometimes it doesn't, but uh, give them credit for at least trying. And, and I think that also explains the not maybe sending a note about the, the season ticket thing or whatever. Um, like, they're not used to needing to do that. So right. that's kind of where we are. And um, obviously the hope is can get back to that point in the not too distant future. And um, we'll see what that means the rest of this season and, and what that means going forward. But uh, we know for now it'll be Kenny Payne and they have a sneaky tough ACC schedule coming up. Uh, I think I saw a tweet the the net I can't remember if it was the I think it was the net top 50 the ACC has six teams right now and the SEC has seven which is I think is the only league that's got more so the ACC much maligned but it's a pretty good league yeah, well, and I look, I think it's a, a race to the bottom between Louisville and Notre Dame uh, in terms of that, if that's any indication real quick uh, before we get the break. And I know this is something that was circulating out there. We played a little bit of the sound last week with Gary Parrish uh, saying that letting Kenny Payne ride this out as a mistake by U of L. Um, you know, he said something that really stuck with me. The sport is a very, is filled with very nice assistants that are not equipped to be head coaches. And now Kenny Payne has an opportunity. He has not shown me or a lot of Louisville fans the ability to, uh, really have any sustainable growth thus far, but you gotta make some strides in ACC play. And as you said, it's a very, uh, open league, uh, I think we're all in agreement for it, and, and I, I don't think that's something – finishing the top half should be a goal for Louisville Basketball, and I cannot believe I'm uttering that sentence when talking about that because I know that hasn't been the norm. Uh, and, and, look, I, I think people were pointing back to the Rick Bettino record against Louisville or Kentucky and, and pointing that. But your eyes can see it, and I know Ethan has said this a lot on the postgame show. It just seems like something's off a little bit on that front. So we'll dive into that. Um, I know we got to get to a break here in a second. Uh, on the seventh highest rated sports talk show on Sundays during a highly competitive 10 to noon time. So I appreciate everyone driving around listening to us on your I want to say Thanksgiving. No, it is Christmas. It's Christmas Eve. Christmas. I know right. it's 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 been a blur. I mean, it's just kids. That's what happens. But a reminder coming up after us, Colts and Falcons, 12 o'clock right here on ESPN 680, 105.7 Broncos and Knicks Pats coming up 730 for a little Sunday night football, ESPN 680, 105.7 and 93.9 The Bill. And we got you covered. Take, get out of the way, NBA, said uh, the program director here at ESPN Louisville. We're not Great having decision. the decision. I knew you would enjoy that, but we got Chiefs and Raiders coming up 1230 ESPN 680, 1057 and 93.9 The Bill. Eagles and Giants 415 on ESPN 680, 1057 and 93.9 The Bill. Ravens and 49ers on both sticks. You got the Ravens broadcast presented by Liquor Barn and 49ers and Ravens coming up on ESPN 680 and uh, nine. I'm sorry, ESPN 680, 1057 at 8 o'clock via Wessel. Want to give a shout out to to George Timmering. Damn it. Yes. It was his final Final days down at Bear Nose by the Bridge. They're getting Bear Nose by Market all set up, and it's going to be awesome. So I know they had great crowds down there. He said he took a picture with um, Jeff Shepard and Stacy Shepard uh, was down there. So that was pretty fun to see that. So uh, on the other side, maybe we'll knock out some what else is going on to wrap up the show right here on your sports station, ESPN 680, 105.7. 
You're listening to Kentuckiana's ESPN 680, WHBE Newburgh and 105.7 WHBE-FM Eminence Frankfurt. BetMGM presents Upping the Action with Jamie Foxx. Football is a game of inches, but the game of inches gets a lot bigger when you bet the total receiving yards with BetMGM. Now you're watching every step, and he's stepping. He's on the 20, the 10. He's stepping all the way to covering every inch of your total receiving yards. They're stepping, and you're dancing. This football season, download the BetMGM app. Now you're betting with the king of sportsbooks. And get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 and over to wager. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get up to $750 off a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Looking for extra cash this holiday season? You can make competitive pay as a day shift warehouse worker at UPS Worldport right here in Louisville. Learn more and apply today at upsjobsky.com. That's upsjobsky.com. BSN Sports is the leading marketer, manufacturer, and distributor of sporting goods, apparel, and equipment. BSN Sports is your ultimate partner, saving coaches time off the field so they can spend more time impacting the lives on it. With over 20-plus sales professionals working in the Kentuckiana area, let BSN take care of you and your team. BSN Sports even outfits the staff here at ESPN Louisville. So trust the pros that we trust. BSNSports.com. Can't get enough ESPN Louisville? Subscribe to us on YouTube at ESPN Louisville for live watch-alongs, play-by-play breakdowns with the coach, behind-the-scenes action in the bullpen, and more. Wouldn't you love to have all your favorite holiday songs about impaired driving in one place? Well, now you can with the Drive Sober or Get Pulled Over Holiday Collection. Here's what you get. It's beginning to look a lot like jail time. DUI won't be home for Christmas. There's no place like jail for the holidays. Deck the halls, but don't wreck your car. The 12 days of jail time. Joy to the world. You plan to ride. And many more. Drive Sober or Get Pulled Over. A message from the Kentucky Office of Highway Safety. All right, welcome back. It is 7th Highest Rated Sports Talk Show on Sundays during a highly competitive 10 to noon time slot. I'm Phil Baker. Nick Kern had to step aside. He said Merry Christmas to all. He's going to be doing some of his responsibilities and family stuff. I will be taking you down the stretch for that, uh, taking you up to about 12 p.m. today. Appreciate James Black producing today's event. The dude's a rock star, and we would be shut down without him doing all the stuff that he's been able to do and helping out over the day. So greatly appreciate him. Merry Christmas to him as well. Reminder coming up after us, Colts Falcons, 12 o'clock right here on ESPN 680, 105.7 Broncos and Patriots 
coming up at 7.30. All Sticks, ESPN 680, 105.7, and 93.9. The Ville, reminder, tomorrow we got you covered. Wall-to-wall coverage. They said move out of the way, Phil's NBA on ESPN Louisville coverage. We got you covered with the NFL as they try to cannibalize everything, but it's okay. I'll be watching my NBA, and I'll be having my uh, NFL on, too. I love it. I love it all. But Chiefs of Raiders coming up 12.30 on Christmas Day. ESPN 680, 105.7, and 93.9. The Ville. Eagles and Giants, 4.15, ESPN 680, 105.7, and 93.9. The Ville. And then Ravens and 49ers will be on all sticks. But you got the Ravens feed over on 93.9. The Ville presented by our good friends over at Liquor Barn. And then we got you covered with Westwood One's coverage on ESPN 680. And reminder, it is Bull Mania. So we got you covered with that next Tuesday with uh, Kansas and UNLV with the Guaranteed Rate Bull on ESPN 680, 105.7, and 93.9. The Ville at 8.30 p.m. Again, crazy, crazy couple days uh, here around the station, so I appreciate you making a part of that. And shout out to George Timmering and company for everything that they've been able to do uh, with the moving uh, down from Barnos by the Bridge, a staple of downtown Louisville, uh, moving to Barnos on Market. So just a stone's throw away, still go there. Your spot before and after all KFC Yum Center events. It's kind of been a wild, wild couple days. It's been really heavy on the Louisville, Kentucky stuff, so appreciate everybody uh, making us uh, a part of their morning talking about that venting about that all the text apologies on the calls we've both been remote today so uh, it's been difficult to get those so uh, thank you for doing that and hopefully we can keep you entertained I wanted to play something because this came out our buddy Tyler Griever retweeted it he and Eric Crawford WDRB um, were able to sit down we've read some of the excerpts from the Josh Hurd Eric Crawford sit down but I wanted you all to hear it because I think it provides a little bit more context of just what went down and what um, through the decision making behind that and then something for that Kenny Payne said in his press conference and we may or may not get to the sound but you know I I think my biggest takeaway is that what he made about how it's difficult to get the top guys here and how he almost it came across he doesn't view Louisville in the same lights of as Kentucky and I don't know if that's what he meant to say but that's how he said it and that's how it came out and it goes back to my theory man like he he the thing I said about Kentucky when he was there you could kick your feet up and not to say you know the the Kentuckys and Dukes of the world have an upper advantage with some things or just kind of being a feeder system to get in the NBA but saying this and hearing him actually say it it sounded way worse so let's do this let's play the Josh Hurd sound first I want to hear what just the overall game plan of what he is envisioning for his reasoning behind retaining uh, Kenny Payne long-term. It's not the entire 14-minute interview. Again, head over to WDRBA.com. I appreciate Eric Crawford and Tyler Griever uh, tweeting this out. Definitely give them a listen. It's a full 14-minute interview, but I want to play this little five-minute blurb and just kind of get your reaction for that. Here's what the guys had to say. Let's, Let's start with my, I guess, the basic question. What can you tell us about Kenny Payne and his future at the university right now? Yeah. Uh, Kenny and I have had uh, a number of conversations throughout the, throughout the last week. And uh, Kenny's going to serve as our head coach as we move into the new year. And uh, I'm going to do what I do with every one of our programs, which is evaluate, evaluate uh, what's happening throughout the season. I think people are interested to know you have feelings, maybe not like fan feelings, but maybe not unlike them either. Your thoughts as things 
you know, Arkansas State, DePaul, those games, what your reaction was to some of those things and Karan Davis and some other stuff and, and you know, what what action you felt like taking at the time or what, you know, what discussions ensued? I, I think one of the hardest parts about um, the job that I have is trying to take the emotion out of decisions. And it's really hard to take the emotion out of sports. And I don't have any expectation that a single one of our fans takes the emotion or their feelings out of how they feel about any of our programs. Uh, but that's what I'm tasked with. And so when you have uh, a result like Arkansas State or DePaul, uh, my, my reaction, my initial reaction is going to be very similar to a lot of our fans' reaction. It's going to be disappointment. It's going to be frustration. Uh, but then I have to take a step back and evaluate the entire landscape uh, from the inner workings of, of the university, uh, throughout the community, uh, the conversations that, that I have with coaches, staff, players, uh, everything involved, and, and make the most informed decision that I can. And uh, that's what I'm trying to do as I, as I go throughout any season with any head coach. It's hard to probably put your finger on because it's hard to probably give voice to what looks like progress. But in terms of your discussions with Kenny about things you need to see, how clear do you feel like he is and how clear are you in what, you know, you view as this is moving forward at a sufficient pace? Um. And once again, that's uh, I think that's a that's a really tough question to answer uh, because um, I just I go back to the analogy of, of putting deposits in the bank uh, relative to wins and losses publicly. When you when you do anything in the public eye, uh, almost every action uh, is judged as a, as a positive or a negative, and uh, there has to be. There has to be positives uh, in order for any person to move forward, and I would tell you that's that's where uh, that's where I'm at right now uh, with Kenny. Is can we continue uh, or can we create positives, positive momentum, in order to see progress? Do you feel like the players uh, are still engaged with Kenny as a head coach and and? You know, is it your feeling not that you'd base a decision on this, but is it your feeling that they would that they want to keep their coach? It is, uh, it is, and uh, that's I think if there's anything that is going to make me significantly re- the timeline or the time frame for for coach out, it's going to be uh, the uh, if there's overwhelming negativity. Or lack of support in the locker room, and that's that. That is that is not the case right now. Yeah, I mean, it's never gone well when you have to have these discussions this soon uh, after a coach is hired, and it is soon. I mean, I know everybody feels like it's it's like time drags when you're losing, but uh, this is very soon. Um, I guess my question in that regard is, how much do you? kind of review everything, not just the job Kenny's done, but 
did we do the right thing supporting? Is there more we could do or could be doing? How much do you kind of back up and, and, and review what's being done in support of basketball at the same time? Constantly. I mean, this is, um, it's, it's all consuming right now. And, uh, it's not all consuming because football season's over, uh, or the fall seasons are over. Uh, it's all consuming because Louisville basketball, uh, has to be successful. Uh, I understand, uh, what this program means to so many. I understand what it means to this city. I understand what it means to this university. And so, uh, I am constantly, constantly sitting here saying, uh, could we have done this better? Could we have done that better? What can we do moving forward? Everything is being evaluated from, from the head coach to the support to, to the history. You know, we, I, I don't think we can just uh, say that this program has been through nothing. Uh, but we also um, can't say that that's going to be the crutch that uh, makes it continue on uh, if if something isn't working, uh, once again, we I have to be extremely objective and try to account for all the variables that have gotten us to where we are today. And and there's a lot of variables here. There there's a there's a whole bunch of variables here. In, in terms of rumors that were reported, I know you don't want to respond to that kind of thing. Is there anything you want to say about that, or do you just want to leave that alone? No, I, I think the only thing that I would say there is, uh, you know, this situation uh, is, is uh, from a rumor standpoint, is no different than uh, I remember the rumors about Scott Satterfield having to beat Virginia uh, or he was going to lose his job. Uh, I have no idea where that rumor came from because uh, uh, it was not something that, that, that I had hatched. Uh, you know, I, there's rumors that Jeff Walls is uh, going to take this job or that job. There's rumors that Dan McDonald is interested in a job. And, and I haven't responded to any of those. And uh, I, I don't feel the need to respond to this one. Uh, I'm going to continue to do what I do with all of our programs, which is have constant conversation with our head coach, uh, with people around the program, with our student athletes, and uh, and evaluate the program and and make a decision when I feel like we, we 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 need to make a decision on who's leading the program. Sometimes fans, some fans anyway, just want nothing more than to hear that you see the frustration and that you know some of the stuff that you've seen is not good enough for you either. And that should go without saying, but uh, sometimes they like to hear you say it. How how have you viewed a lot of the you know four wins last year? All of these things that we've talked about. It's it's extremely frustrating. Um, I mean, it is extremely extremely frustrating uh, because like again, like I said, I want this basketball team to be good. I want this basketball team to be great, and uh, it's it's a long way from that right now. And so. I absolutely understand their frustrations. Uh, I live it. Uh, you know, this is this is my job, and so while I say I have to take the emotion out of these decisions, uh, it's impossible. <laughs> um, it it just is. It, it's it's absolutely impossible, and that's I, I say you know I say it all the time. Sports will never die uh, because the emotion that it that it elicits uh, positively and negatively, uh, and so. Uh, I absolutely understand our fans' frustrations, 
and um, and I want us to be a great basketball program, and I'm going to work every day uh, to try to get us back to that point, and, and I have confidence that we can. Is there a way to turn the temperature down, or is that all on Kenny <laughs> in some ways, just you have to win? Um, you know, I, it's, it's all encompassing. Uh, it's all encompassing, uh, when it comes to, um, trying to create some, some positive momentum. You know, it is, it, uh, there is no, eh, that was okay. Um, and, and if you haven't made some deposits in the bank, people aren't going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You know, there might be something that was said that was, uh, I I don't want to call it irrelevant, but just there wasn't, there wasn't much there. Uh, but if you haven't created that positive momentum, people are going to say that's a negative, uh, and, and results matter, uh, results absolutely matter. And, um, and so, uh, to answer your question, is there a way to turn the temperature down, uh, Outside of winning basketball games, I think I think that's going to be hard to do, to be honest with you. Yeah. How does this really work? I mean, you have a certain amount of autonomy in making decisions, but this is obviously a university-wide, uh, in some ways, decision. Uh, at least the university as a whole is a stakeholder in Kenny Payne and his future. How, how does this work? How wide is the discussion uh, at, whatever, at whatever point action, if it becomes necessary, is taken? Yeah, unlike uh, any decision that I've that I've had to make, uh, you know, uh, like like nearly everybody in this world, I have a boss, and I'm going to keep my boss informed of how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking and uh, decisions that uh, uh, that I have to make. And uh, I would tell you, based on the a uh, little less than a year that she's been my boss, she has been a fabulous boss, and and she has said. Josh, uh, I, I trust I trust the decisions that you're going to make, and uh, so keep me informed and, and, and let me know what that decision is. And uh, so uh, I would expect that's uh, the conversation I would have with her relative to any head coaching uh, decision. Uh, but then it's also my job to keep other you know other stakeholders informed and um, make sure they have a good understanding of where my head's at. Uh, but um, I. I would tell you based on, on based on what I know about our, our board of trustees, the EULA board, uh, the president, uh, they uh, have been very good about saying uh, this is an athletic director's decision, and and you make that decision. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm not talking about this decision, yeah, just any general, but... anyone that is in the realm of things that I'm responsible for. Um, but this, you know, I'm responsible for, um, you know, for, for our head coaches. So I wouldn't expect it to be any different here. Are you worried about the notion of like an ax hanging over the head coach area? Every time they lose a game, we can't have this discussion every, every game or every week, even, um, you know, it may be revisited at some point, but how, what's your concern level that that situation arises? I feel confident that, that Kenny knows where I'm, um, you know, where I'm at relative to the evaluation of the program. And that's, I think that's one of the things that, um, it's hard for, um, for anyone to understand is, um, you know, we can't all be involved in every conversation. Uh, but I, I, you know, I think I have, um, 
I think I've done a good job of being uh, extremely honest with our head coaches, and uh, that sure isn't going to change uh, as long as I'm in this position. And so uh, Kenny and I continue to have dialogue, and he understands he understands where where he is relative to uh, relative to the head coaching position here. Are there like concrete, tangible changes that you have asked for or that he's offered that? you know, I'm going to do this differently or I need to revisit this. Obviously, he's revisiting a lot of things in light of your discussions and in light of just what you do coaching a team. Um, are there specific things that you said you need to see or that he said he'll deliver? And no. I, yeah, not talking about wins necessarily, but just others. No, yeah. no, there hasn't been anything concrete. Uh, you know, the discussions that – that I have with any of our head coaches are always centered around how do we make the program better and what can we do to, to get us to where we want, where we want to go. And, uh, so that's, that's what those conversations have been, you know, uh, they've, they've centered around, uh, what, what can I do better? Uh, Kenny, what can you do better? What can your staff do better? Uh, you know, all of those things combined to, uh, uh, to see what we can do to get this program headed in the right direction. Okay, so many things to react to on that. Okay, first off, shout out to Eric Crawford, WDRB. Uh, head over to WDRB.com and listen to the full 14 minutes of that. I just want to play about five minutes of it because I find it fascinating, the breakdown of how everything came to be um, in the grand scheme of things of just the decision being made, the rumors that were out there, uh, winning games. First off with the press conferences and the deposits, I think what I took away from that was saying, um, it, it, Josh Hurd's essentially indicating if you're winning games, nobody cares. I take that back. People will pick apart press conferences in some capacity if it's not style play, but it just gets amplified with that. Nick and I have said as much. But two, something else I go back to that I just find fascinating is the deposits that go in. At some point, it is going to be about wins and losses, and it sounds like that's where Josh Hurd and Kenny Payne differ a little bit because Kenny Payne has said multiple times it's not about wins and losses. I know at the press conference yesterday he says we're getting better, we're going to take the jump, yada, yada, yada. Okay, that, that that's all well and good. Two, um, the autonomy that Josh Hurd has in order to do his job, I find this storyline to be absolutely fascinating just because he is a Tom George disciple. There's one. And I know Louie brought this up about saying that, you know, Tom Jurich was loyal to Steve Crackthorpe until he wasn't. But but something else that I go back to with this entire thing is that how much autonomy, what, not necessarily the presidents, the board of trustees and things that we've talked about at nauseum with the, you know, Bevan put the stuff on the board. Like, I didn't buy as much credence and, and put as much stock into there, but... I will entertain that a little bit more now, uh, being a little bit more removed from that. So those are the takeaways from that. But Josh Hurd has said as much. It's like the autonomy to do his job. I have, and Nick have said it's been very, very complicated to navigate these waters with the former players, with the, the boosters and donors. And I don't say boosters and Drews, right? Like, you know, you shouldn't just constantly just say boosters like it's a bad thing. These influential people that are trying to make this university but have also have a relationship with Kenny Payne. There is a tasteful component that you need to have with that. And that has been just a fascinating storyline to see. Uh, going back to the Kenny Payne stuff, I, I may play this out, I'm not sure, but one of the things I, I just found to be just so wild to me in his press conference when he brought up the the notion that 
the transfer portal that he was going to have to go back to, and that's fine. You know, people's stances can change. I'm not going to crush him for that, but that was the very thing that people told him he needed to do. Uh, but just the notion of how he views Louisville and the selling point of coming off a 4-28 and year, I'm just saying, you know, big-time recruits. I believe he said this with Bob and uh, Paul, but having the ability to not – like having the, the foresight to just sit there and say, hey, Kenny, um, you need to be better at the pitch and getting guys that forward – that come into a four and twenty eight school because you should get the top talent because there's going to be so much playing time that is going to be here and he it, it is just another whiff I don't know why and I heard Biscuit and Ennis talk about this and I heard Rummage go on his wonderful rant head over to the podcast center if you missed any of that that was wonderful for uh, Rummage but Biscuit and Ennis said uh, this too and it's just it, it, I don't know why that was the thing that made me the most upset from just what he says through all the blunders, the Karan Davis stuff, although weird, didn't bother me as much as with the handshaking and smiling and the lines. That didn't bother me as much as I know other people did. This is the one thing that did bother me a lot. It was just his notion of not understanding, like thinking it, it's the little brother mentality. It, it's the very thing that, you know, that the Kentucky fans have said about Louisville, it's like a little brother. And it's like Giddy Payton thinks this, that he can't get these top players due to in large part because they came off a four and twenty-eight season, which he was the coach. So what's the pitch to get it? It should be you're gonna get so much playing time and make it better. It, it was just it was so crazy to me, big picture, to see uh just the reaction that he had and was reacting to that. Let me get to some text on here. Four three seven nine six eight a UPS jobs text on I'm Phil Baker, Nick Kern. Knocking out his Christmas responsibility. Appreciate uh, appreciate James Black living here and producing today's uh, events for that. I know we've had a lot. If you want to interact with the station at ESPN six eighty, he's at Nick Kern thirty five. Uh, JD Black Junior, I believe, is James Black, and I'm Phil underscore underscore Baker. Let's get to some of these things. You better go ahead and give Brandon Huntley Hatfield his props. Yes, we did. We we did. And trust me, we're going to talk about the. Florida State stuff, you know, I'm a massive fan of the conference realignment in Florida State. Just opening these grant of rights stuff, you know, we'll have fun with that. That's that's all good. Uh, let's see. Has uh, let's see. Was Kenny Payne's success? Uh, was KP's recruiting success at UK bought and paid for? That would explain things. No, I look. I fundamentally, I, I agree with Kentucky and Duke have an upper advantage. Um, more so than other schools and universities do in large part too because of the Nike school and the feeder system for that. But the problem that I have, and we can talk about the Purvis Ellison stuff and Purvis Ellison sending, I'm not going to say Purvis Ellison, the Nike EYBL uh, New Jersey Scholars team send Billy Richmond. The Camden connection is dead compared coming to Louisville apparently, and it's just <laughs> going to Lexington now. But uh, Billy Richmond committing to... Uh, Kentucky the other day, but the the notion that Kansas and Indiana, I'm not going to bore you with this stuff. I've gone down this tangent with Kentucky and, and the Nike schools in Louisville not blowing up their deal because of Adidas. I, you know my thoughts on that. I'm not going to go down that. It's a New Year's resolution, and I'm going to start it early because of that. I'll knock out some text, but somebody asked about it, so I was going to do that. Uh, let's see. Yes, Big Dog and Jeff Brom were at the game. They played in the XFL together. That was uh, pretty entertaining. Coach K said once uh, Louisville boomed 
them yesterday. I believe they said that in that Elite Eight game up in nine. Or I'm sorry, in 2013. I need that back. Fire KP, you coward. Josh Hurd, bring back the boom. Yeah, that's there's a lot of that on the text line. Um, as a Kentucky fan, I'm still ticked off that um, we lost the second half. Yeah, that that's the KP being. Uh, yeah, that's KP getting that that friendly gesture from Cal. I would imagine with that. Although he did keep his starters in with that, and Robert Dillingham was telling D'Lo he was small. Uh, let's see. I thought you guys were taking calls. Can we discuss some? Again, Christmas is a few days out. Kenny Payne is a dead subject. Hurt needs to be fired. This is on him now. Yeah, that is that's changed a little bit. Uh, a couple more. Yes, they're having fun with Bobby V. Uh, then Paul Rogers today. I understand that. I know people had some fun with that. So Vince Merrow and Jeff Brown were sitting together. Yes, I know people are having fun with that. If he goes there, it's always an ongoing joke. Did Vince Merrill have in his actual headset? Uh, that is, that's the good stuff there. But yeah, I mean, somebody asking for me to expound on just some of the stuff and the concerns that I had. Big picture in, in regards to the KP comments. Look. Kenny Payne, and, and I'll knock out a, a couple pieces of sound coming up here in a bit, but um, the blunders sometimes that he has and not getting the help from the proper PR people that I know for a fact that has tried to help him because uh, he just wants to have his own little circle and inner circle, and that's admirable and respectable, but it, it's just not helping him big picture, and that's unfortunate when it, they are trying to do their best to make sure he's able to do that. But great stuff from Josh Hurd and uh, Eric Crawford on there. I know re- a lot of people are upset at Josh Hurd, but good stuff for Eric Crawford getting that because the Jeff Goodman stuff came out last week, and when Jeff Goodman uh, said that he had a source with that, it kind of went radio silence here locally and outside of Rick Bozich, who, I mean, let's be honest, has kind of been one of the, I don't want to say, he, he's been a little bit more supportive of Kenny Payne than some other media in this market, and, you know, that's fine. That's that's his stance that he wants to have on that, but uh, kudos to Eric Crawford and Tyler Griever for getting that on WDRB because you knew Josh Hurd was going to have to say something and not go into this weird thing, especially after reputable people like uh, Gary Parrish, Matt Norlander, Jeff Goodman put out these things that essentially were saying that it was heading in this direction. So that's kind of my biggest takeaways from that. So uh, let me play – let me knock out a bunch of pieces of KP sound. We'll react to all some of those on the other side. I want to get your thoughts and texts on that tweet at me, Phil underscore underscore Baker. Uh, he's Nick Kern 35. He's probably done for the day. James Black uh, producing today's event. Uh, listen, here's what Kenny Payne had to say post game after the loss to Kentucky Thursday night in the KFC Yum Center. Kenny, um, Cal just said he felt like uh, you're basically a year away from having this program where you would want it. How, how, how close do you feel like you are if you were using Kentucky in their roster right now as kind of a measuring stick? If I'm, if I'm using Kentucky as a measuring stick, I mean, did you see all those All-Americans out there? Um, the first thing I'll say is I don't know what the game was last year. Um, to me, I see segments where the gap is closing. The gap is closing. And I don't know if fans see it. You guys see it as media people, but the gap is closing. And um, I feel like we're headed in the right direction. Um, now, we still got a lot of work to do. I got a lot of work to do. I got to be better. Uh, I'm not saying I have all the answers. But I'm, I, when I look at my team, how many really good high school players can walk in here and demand starting time? Not many. I will probably now have to go to the transfer portal and get 
a guy that's been in college three or four years to add to this. That's where we are. Um, I think that's a big jump from where we started, um, where high school kids can't walk in here and outplay a Tyler who has a year in his, or Sky who has two years now, or Trey. Like, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, we have good players that are very young, and they're only going to get better. So the next step is bringing in transfer guys that can take this over the hump. Um, just going back to your comments about, you know, needing the transfer portal, um, did you feel like it gives like, and we talked over the summer, or at least at ACC tip-off, you said you didn't want to value age and, you know, who you're looking for out of the transfer portal you wanted to find fit. Um, just um, any thoughts about, you know, I'm going to look back on that time just uh, trying to get some more uh, veteran guys because, you know, they can come in and, and they can add so much just some off the jump. Well, I think when you talk about what we did, um, you know, we won four games um, last year. So when you go to talk to kids that are high-level kids, they want to know, Coach, are you going to win more than four games? How can I come to Louisville and lose and win four games? Like, so there's apprehension there, right? Then on top of that, all the top schools <laughs> are going after the top transfer guys. So I have to battle that. And I have to make sure that probably that nobody finds out exactly who the transfer guys are that we're going after or the top schools are going to get them. It's just the nature of the beast. But I think we're headed in a direction where we are about to make the next jump, and I'm, I'm happy with that, um, but also knowing we got a lot of work to do to get these guys better. Okay, so, Kenny, I just want to, by all accounts, Kenny Payne seems like a very nice individual. I don't know him from Adam, but my God, dude, that's the reason you were brought here was to get the top talent. That was the reason your relationships with the Nike EYBL and everything else in between. We talked about it at nauseum. It is very concerning big picture with what he is envisioning this program to be and essentially saying that we can't get the type of players now because other big-time schools in the same caliber, regardless of what you think about the Blue Bloods and everything. I think Kentucky, Duke, and Carolina, uh, UCLA are in a uh, Kansas or in a world of their own, depending on what you're discussing with Whatever you think about the whole notion that Nike drives the bus for this. Okay, whatever. You're still, you should be up there with Kansas and Indiana and all the other Villanovas of the world. You're a top seven or eight program. It just feels like he just doesn't view his alma mater in the same light. And I've tried to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, man. So it is uh, very concerning, uh, big picture with that. Uh, it is your least favorite segment. It is our favorite segment. We're going to do a Christmas Eve edition of what else is going on to close out the show on your sports station, ESPN 680, 105.7 in the ESPN Global Live. I'm Phil Baker. Uh, getting you set for this Christmas Day. Reminder, we got you covered with wall-to-wall coverage all day if you're driving around from, to the in-walls, the family, um, your parents' house, anywhere and everything uh, you're going. We got you covered. NFL uh, coming up after us, Colts and Falcons, 12 o'clock right here, ESPN 680, 105.7, Broncos and Pats. 7.30, all sticks, ESPN 680, 105.7. And tomorrow we got you covered for Chiefs Raiders, 12.30, ESPN 680, 105.7. Reminder, no shows on 
Monday uh, or Tuesday, but we'll have you set Wednesday, getting you set for the Holiday Bowl. Blankenbaker is heading out to San Diego to see Louisville take on USC. We'll have full coverage for that on Wednesday. Uh, kind of an odd week, but we got you covered with that from Petco Park. Paul Rogers was talking to him a couple days ago in the break room, in the conference room, uh, getting him set for that. So apologies about that. Your least favorite segment, our favorite segment. We'll do a little what else is going on to close out the show right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. And now it's time for What Else is Going On with Nick Curran and Nick Evans. All right. First up, I guess we got to start here. Florida State is challenging the grant of rights. Uh, I would love to have picked Nick's brain about this, but... Man, it is just crazy that no one ever saw this. And this is, no one ever saw the grant of rights. It was like the freaking, I think, think Louis said the, uh, you know, the, the Ark of the Covenant and whatnot. But after months of politics, Florida State took its first official step to leaving the ACC on Friday. Spurned by action from the college football playoff snub earlier this month, Florida State voted to sue the ACC over the grant of rights. That's rich, by the way. That's not been part of the statement, but that's just me saying that is rich. Uh, the school alleged the restraint of trade, breach of contract, and a failure to performed over what is described years of mismanagement that has locked the ACC in a deteriorating media rights agreement while preventing schools from leaving the school with um, Deckerin with the penalties. Translation, Florida State is not ready to depart, but can it be? Here are what the most pressing questions are after Friday's decision put Florida State into uncharted waters as the first school to challenge the grant of rights agreement into work. Why Florida State is doing this now? Because Florida State made it clear to the, the college football playoff that's the only reason missing is the school has not been share is not been shy about this is sharing their displeasure for the conference, which vowed in August uh, that something needed to be done sooner rather than later. Obviously, missing out on the college football playoff would do that. How much would this cost leaving the ACC cost? Uh, and a lawsuit Florida State estimates it would cost about, wait for it, boys and girls, $572 million to leave the ACC without a legal victory or settlement. It would forfeit $420 million in media rights through 2036 when the ACC contract is expiring with ESPN. By the way, I'm reading a lot of these experts from ESPN. I love uh, when you have to react to some of those things. So that always makes me uh, super happy with that. What is the grant of rights and why is it so important? Okay, so this is me talking now. This is why a lot of people, and I know people gloss over the everything from uh, the grant of rights and conference realignment stuff, but John Skipper, and I know I say this all the time, he was the individual that negotiated the deal um, with ESPN and the ACC, on behalf of ESPN and ACC Network and trying to get that launched off, and it was the very thing that was supposed to keep everyone together, but the problem with that is that it locked them into a very, very old school um, way of thinking, or not not old school way of thinking. At the time, it seemed like a great deal, but they didn't take into account when their other conferences were going to be doing and trying to um, basically say that they were going to have the ability to build out uh, other rights in five to six years versus a 16-year deal. And I think that was probably the biggest takeaway from that uh, big picture. So some of the other things, and why is it so important? It was supposed to keep everyone, every other teams in lock to 2036 because a school without a TV revenue would have little value to any other conference or enough revenue to stand alone as an independent. That's that's what I would tell Florida State to do. It's like, if you're such a brand, and I think they are a brand, it's like, go ahead and be an independent. 
why what are people saying about Florida State's chances of winning the short answer no one knows one high level administrator who has worked in legal teams to evaluate various grant of rights agreements that there's a potential legal avenues that could negate um, the rights the grant of rights the modern grant of rights of course and no one is certain how a judge might interpret legal arguments so it's going to get ugly and you know i mean jim phillips has kind of been a ghost with all this but um this is where you are trying to get SMU, Cal, and Stanford thought it would be, you know, what the Hail Mary at this, but apparently it wasn't up. And did any other AC schools think about joining Florida State in the suit? The ACC has split into two various fractions since Texas and Oklahoma announced their intended move from the Big 12 to the SEC in summer 2021. The seven-school contingent made the waves in 2023, effectively pushing the league forward to an agreement and balanced um, revenue sharing. Another included a narrow four-school network of the Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, and Miami, seen as the four most valuable commodities should they all hit the market. Although UNC Athletic Director Bubba Cunningham was perhaps Florida State's loudest critic in August when the Florida State Seminoles made a lot of noise about leaving, and Virginia Pierce did eclipse Miami in the past year over a viable alignment, realignment candidate. This is important, as we talked about many times, that you have to have some sort of new state territory that you would enter in to make it a, to break up the revenue. I don't know what this means for Louisville Big Picture. I know I'm kind of going on a diatribe uh, about this Big Picture, but just wild stuff uh, um, just all together about the landscape of college football and what this means Big Picture, but I think Florida State is definitely – going to be looking at all its options uh, on that front. Again, uh, if you missed any of the podcast, head over to the GE Appliances Podcast Center. We appreciate you listening to today. If you're driving around doing some last-minute stuff for uh, your holidays, wrappings, and whatnot. All right, next up, um, you know, I, I think something that kind of gets overlooked in a lot of this, uh, the most valuable watched college teams of 2023, and this is fascinating. The SEC and Big Ten lead the most watched college football teams in 2023. Number one is Alabama at 7.12 million. Ohio State at number two. Colorado, the fight in prime times. That's why I think it would be fascinating if they were Florida State. I bring that into Florida State because, um, yeah, that would be wild to see if Florida State were able to get prime time if they would have been in there. But uh, no, the Colorado with the losing record coming up at number three. Georgia, Michigan, Tennessee, and Oregon, the most watched teams of um 2023 so that is uh fascinating to me just from top the you know start to finish like it, it was a great season of college football bowl month i love bowl month you can listen to all that we'll have full post game coverage of uh, the holiday bowl to be a late one on fox you can listen to that uh and watch it on wdrb we'll listen to it on 93.9 the bill and uh, shout out to our buddy tyler Grieber and eric croft for doing great work at bozich too i know people were <laughs> throwing strays at Bozich uh, for that. But you watch that on WDRB and listen to it on here. Full postgame coverage on the Coors Light postgame show with our man Mark Innocent. By the way, great article in The Athletic from, um, I want to say Brady Quinn every time. It is Brendan Quinn. Appreciate uh, him coming on the airwaves with Ennis and then as well as Ethan Moore for the postgame show the other night, breaking that down. Um, And, yeah, just uh, good stuff all around. So, Charles Barkley was asked, would he do his own Barkley class at the NFL games? The merger with Warner Brothers and Discovery and Paramount Global could enable TNT to swoop back into the NFL business for the first time in 30 years. God, I would love to see Charles Barkley uh, on that, just getting into it with uh, just, you know, I don't know, Howie Long, well, I guess he's on Fox, uh, Bill Cower, I should say, getting into it, or, or, or the bus. That would be good stuff. So, I mean, yeah, that would be great. As somebody who's cut the cord and just has the 
apps. I would love to see a merger so I can stop bouncing around all these freaking apps. It drives me crazy how I got to have that. But nonetheless, that is where we are. Um, a couple more before we get out of here. It's been a wild, wild couple weeks. Running, appreciate you all. And uh, everyone will be back at it next Sunday. A reminder, as we've said multiple times, we got you covered. Uh, NFL, if you're driving around tomorrow, Bowl Mania all the time. We'll be back on Wednesday to preview the Holiday Bowl, react to the weekend that was, all the crazy bowl games, uh, all the NFL games. You know, we're your sports station, ESPN 680, 1057, and the ESPN Louisville app. I said Louisville for uh, Kenny Payne. I know a lot of people get upset on the postgame show how he said Louisville. 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 They're, everybody's just upset about everything. John Calipari was in his element. Apparently, he and Ellen went to Nashville, too. So I know he's feeling there. And, of course, he's doing the head pads to KP, uh, saying he's going to turn it around. So, of course, he's uh, feeling he's feeling great about that. But uh, let's see. Let me get a couple more stories, and then we will call it a day as we head out, uh, getting ready for Christmas. Hope everybody has a Merry Christmas uh, and a happy... Well, we'll talk to you next week for the Happy New Year. React to the Holiday Bowl and getting set for some of the basketball things. The Detroit Lions have notified season ticket holders in 2024. Pricing will come with a 30% increase. Certain forward field seats will see as much as an 85% bump. Everybody's upset about Louisville doing that and sending out the, you know, the, the tone deaf. Hey, we, we could do XYZ in order to get you... For that and it's coming after the loss and not letting go of Kenny Payne. The Lions are actually good for the first time. They got to capitalize on this. I understand the Louisville stuff, but uh, nonetheless, that uh, seems pretty humorous that they've been so bad for so long. And that's, uh, I guess, where people are upset the most. All right, fun show. I got to get out of here. I got to wrap some gifts, then build some stuff and help Santa out on that. Uh, for Nick and Zach, you see who's out today, but James Black, thank you. Oh, so much reminder. NFL games if you're driving around coming up after us. Colts and Falcons, Broncos and Pats via Westwood 1 and ESPN 680, 105.7 and 93.9. The and tomorrow we got you covered for all the NFL games. Have a Merry Christmas. I'm Phil Baker. We will talk to you next week. A very happy birthday to Nick Kern's favorite. And he also gets his SEC his doppelganger, but American Idol and New Year's Eve dropped. Ryan Seacrest, he turned 48. We'll talk to you next week. BetMGM presents Upping the Action with Jamie Foxx. Football is a game of inches, but the game of inches gets a lot bigger when you bet the total receiving yards with BetMGM. Now you're watching every step, and he's stepping. He's on the 20, the 10. He's stepping all the way to covering every inch of your total receiving yards. They're stepping, and you're dancing. This football season, download the BetMGM app. Now you're betting with the king of sportsbooks. And get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 and over to wager. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Wouldn't you love to have all your favorite holiday songs about impaired driving in one place? Well, now you can with the Drive Sober or Get Pulled Over Holiday Collection. Here's what you get. It's beginning to look a lot like jail time. DUI won't be home for Christmas. There's no place like jail for the holidays. Deck the halls, but don't wreck your car. The 12 days of jail time. Joy to the world. You plan to ride. And many more. Drive Sober or Get Pulled Over. A message from the Kentucky Office of Highway Safety. At UofL Health Brown Cancer Center, we are the face of discovery, pioneering new treatments for every stage of lung cancer. We are the face of possibilities as one of the leading centers in the world to offer promising new cellular therapies. We are the face of innovation. Backed by academic research, we develop new clinical trials to cure the incurable so you can face cancer with new hope. That's the power of you. Visit uoflhealth.org. Z-Jack Technologies in Louisville reminds everyone that the blood you donate will give someone another chance at life. Someday that someone might be a friend, loved one, or even you. Give blood and give the gift of life. That's Z-Jack Technologies in Louisville, your full-service technology advisor, providing IT support and managed IT services. Call Z-Jack Technologies at 502-200-1169. That's 502-200-1169. BSN Sports is the leading marketer, manufacturer, and distributor of sporting goods, apparel, and equipment. BSN Sports is your ultimate partner, saving coaches time off the field so they can spend more time impacting the lives on it. With over 20-plus sales professionals working in the Kentuckiana area, let BSN take care of you and your team. BSN Sports even outfits the staff here at ESPN Louisville. So trust the pros that we trust. BSNSports.com. Can't get enough ESPN Louisville? Subscribe to us on YouTube at ESPN Louisville for live watch-alongs, play-by-play breakdowns with the coach, behind-the-scenes action in the bullpen, and more. 